You're listening to the Mind Your Body Show, episode number 48. This is your host, Jacob Andre, and today we are talking to Lucas Hardy. If you'd like to know more about building flexibility through strength training, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre, and for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset. And I've come to discover just how important it is. I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. My name is Jacob Andre, and today I'm talking to Lucas Hardy. Now, I came across Lucas through Instagram. I was searching through Instagram at a whole bunch of different strength and conditioning influencers, and Lucas's account came up, which is range of strength. Some of the stuff that he is sharing there is absolutely mind-blowing, and I love how he's bringing back all of the old-school, old-time strength and conditioning exercises. Now, from front splits to side splits to pancakes to back bridging, Lucas does it all. His ability to be strong at the entire range of movement in a whole bunch of different movements is second to none. So I reached out to him. I sent him a message on Instagram. I asked him to be on the show and he more than happily, very quickly obliged. And we did the episode. It was a Saturday morning here. It was a Friday night there. We did it. He was in bed, actually. It was a quite, quite a funny story. Um, and it was a really, really relaxed and open and honest conversation about what brought him to where he is in life right now, right back from when he injured his knee in his final year of high school while playing rugby through to rupturing his bicep, which then in 2014, which then set him off on this journey, trying to seek better flexibility. So, and ultimately better strength training. Now, this episode's sponsor is Range of Strength. You can join Lucas's membership by heading to rangeofstrength.ca and I highly recommend that you do check it out. I am a member myself and I can testify for how good it is. I have absolutely blown my mind looking at some of the stuff in there and my knowledge is just exploding at the moment with just so much more information around all of these old time strength training methods and exercises. It, I am absolutely loving it. So if you're an athlete or if you're someone that just wants to get the best out of your body, you want to be generally health and healthy and fit, I really do recommend that you check out Lucas's membership. That is rangeofstrength.ca. Moving on to our review of the week. Now we've got a couple of five-star ratings, which I'm absolutely grateful for. Thank you so much for those people who, are, who are, have given them. But please leave us a review at the same time. I'm going to read out our best review of the week from all of our five-star ratings and reviews. In order to do so, head to Apple Podcasts and then on the Mind Your Body Show page, scroll right down to the bottom and you can leave a five-star rating and then write a review so that we can read it out and we can acknowledge you and be grateful for you. In addition to that, I'm about to start adding in Instagram reviews. So As you are listening in on the episode, head on over to Instagram with what your biggest takeaways are. I'm going to tell you what mine are in just a moment. And then share a story or share, take a screenshot of you listening in on your device and then share that story on your Instagram account with your biggest takeaway. Make sure that you do tag us in it at the Mind Your Body Show and as well as Range of Strength, which is Lucas's account. Okay. 
Lucas is an absolute out-and-out star. You are going to absolutely love this episode. He is such a down-to-earth and nice guy. He's more than willing to give his time. He will reach out to people on Instagram and he will have conversations with you. He'll help you out. Um, I don't know what else to say. If you want to be flexible and you want to build strength, actually, that's what I do need to say. I've stuffed up a little bit here. Um, I do need to give what my big takeaways are. So my biggest takeaways were that flexibility is actually a form of strength training. That was a, a bit of a mind blow moment when he's, when Lucas said that, that flexibility is a form of strength training. The other one was how to build a session to stretch better. The importance for all athletes to understand their end range and what most of us are missing when it comes to stretching. Now, this is all about stretching and flexibility, but more importantly, it's about being strong in those positions. You are going to love this episode with Lucas. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Lucas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jacob. Excited to be now, here. So before we get into it, what I like to ask all of our guests as a way of getting to know them a little bit and their day-to-day routines is what have we interrupted today for you? Uh <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing but my my youngest son is uh he's going for his yellow belt tonight in taekwondo and uh i just i'm not the best scheduler and i we finally got this set up and i was like listen i'm doing this podcast so i know you're good and i won't miss the next one <laughs> but uh yeah i would say that's probably a bit of an interruption but he's all good man me and him uh we're tight so he knows what's going on but yeah, it's pretty exciting. He's he just got into the Taekwon a couple months ago and he's 10 years old and he just like you know when you tell you can tell like you were saying earlier you have some kids but you know like you're going through the years you're trying to put them in all these different activities and then you just one of them clicks and you're like that's the one. That's kind of what it's like for him is like he's in the martial arts and you can just tell it's like what he needs to do. He really loves it. He's really passionate about it. So yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, of course, it is a Friday night there for you. You look really yeah. cozy. If anyone's watching this on YouTube, they'll see that you... It looks like... Are you in bed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm set up on the bed. Uh, the rest of the house is pretty much contained by, you know, whatever else is set up. I don't have the most ideal arrangement at home right now, but I, I'm set up on the bed with the Yeti mic. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't think I've ever done an interview like this with someone in bed before. So this is the first... <laughs> I'm not like like laying in bed or anything. I'm kind of just sitting up and <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> oh, so let's go right back. I'm really keen to hear as we sort of progress and develop this interview to hear the Lucas story. What led you to where you are in life today? Uh, I was very active as a young child. I think undiagnosed ADHD for sure. <laughs> just uh, super active. Um, mom had me in all the sports uh growing up i just kind of found myself uh, veering more towards power sports and strength sports um got very passionate about that played rugby uh hockey um then i got into the gym through high school and just really got into strength training and power lifting became a very competitive sport for me and uh I guess that would be, you know, how things kind of all transitioned to where we are now. I, I suffered a, a pretty bad injury in powerlifting. I ruptured my bicep 
And that was kind of like a wake up call for me. Um, I was, a, I was a strength coach. Like I had basically kind of took all of those passions and stuff and, you know, through sports and competition and went into fitness and became a strength coach and, you know, I went to school for all those things. So I was kind of working in the field and specializing in that stuff. And, uh, an injury like that kind of happens to you and you kind of lose your identity because <laughs> you're like, I can't do the thing that I love doing. And I'm kind of feeling like a phony. Cause you know, like it's what I do for, it was just a really tough time for me. Um, and that just kind of, you know, there was a switch that there was like so much more I hadn't gotten into as, you know, someone who's working in the fitness industry is like, there's so many things I don't really know. Um, one being flexibility, uh, you know, at that stage, the big wake up call for me, even though the injury was bicep related was okay. So now I can't train you start recognizing how poor your movement patterns are and how poor your flexibility is. And you start kind of thinking about the next 30 years of your life and what they might look like. So that became the journey to find that path, which started the same way it starts, I think with a lot of us, um, you know, you kind of start going to yoga classes, <laughs> just like kind of, you know, associating flexibility with people who are already flexible kind of thing. Um, and that just led me further down the rabbit hole to really try to figure out this whole, how do we get flexible? How can we, is it a genetic thing? Like, is it something that's obtainable? Um, yeah. And there we are now it's range of strength itself is kind of a culmination of everything there, like power lifter to flexibility coming back around full circle to kind of showcase that whole journey that I went on and how there's just a better way of approaching flexibility. You could say mobility because that's the coin term. Um, nowadays, trying, I think the industry is also like, if you look to where everyone is specializing more in flexibility, there's a push to change that terminology to have it be flexibility. It's like the umbrella of all these movements, but, um, and that's where we are today. Range of strength. It's just that whole journey kind of brought forward in my, my training systems, my programming. And that's yeah. A little bit of backstory there. So what did you discover when it comes to flexibility and genetics? It, it, does someone need to be, uh, are they born with flexibility or that can they develop it? I think I know the answer to this, but it's my role as the host here to ask the dumb questions. So other people don't have to. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things we get confused when we see someone who already has flexibility. Right. And it's like most of the time as well, that individual doesn't know exactly how they got flexible. So it's even in a lot of those yoga scenarios, you kind of, the yoga teachers for the most part end up becoming yoga teachers because they're just really good at yoga and they already have the flexibility. And, you know, then there's kind of that whole journey for them to figure out how did I get flexible? You know, it's like kind of the same thing. I think that people that already have that ability kind of struggle with that thought process. Like how did this actually happen? And then we just kind of assume that that's just a genetic thing, you know? So for me, it was, identifying flexibility as a form of strength training. That was really when everything just switched. Like it's 
how we approach our strength training, how we learn to get stronger in positions. Um, that was when everything changed for me was realizing it wasn't necessarily just about stretching, even though that is a large role in it, like stretching itself is a skill and it has to be respected that way. Like learning to spend time in a stretch, apply contractions, learn to breathe. Like it's a whole thought process or a skill in itself, but realizing for me, like when I realized it was very much a similar approach to the strength training, which I grew up doing, specializing in and loving. It was kind of just like when I like went with it and just really started to go hard with like how I was training it. And in a lot of ways, having the exact same lens I had when I strength trained. So it was almost like, you know, light bulbs are going off and you're just thinking of all these different ways that you can develop flexibility training regimes and approaches to improving your flexibility. And, uh, yeah, I think that was, that was the big moment for me just coming to that realization. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, I was working at a, um, local state level Institute of sport. And one of my roles there was to go out and run programs with kids. We're actually doing a research project, which, um, it was actually, I think it initially came from Canada. You're in Canada, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Nova okay. Scotia. Whereabouts? Uh, Nova Scotia. And where, where is that in Canada? <laughs> so it's, it's further East. Um, do you ever see the movie world war Z? No, I haven't. Sorry. Uh, they like, it's a zombie movie. And at the end they all flee to Nova Scotia because no one will ever go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to look that up. Yeah. What's it called again? Nova, Nova Scotia. Okay. It's like, you know, slang for Nouveau Scotland. It's kind of, you know, off the coast of, you know, all of those areas. But um, yeah, it's pretty small, low key. Uh, I grew up here. I've lived in different parts of Canada periodically, but always come back home. I'm, you know, keen for that kind of environment. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so I was working at this Institute of Sport and um <clears throat> we're undertaking this research project called Move More, Learn More, which um, initially was done in Canada. And so we were doing it at a state level here and in Australia. And what I was doing through that was a whole bunch of like animal movements and things. So duck walks, frog jumps, crab crawling, all this type of stuff. Yeah. And I'd never been really good with flexibility or mobility. And uh, after that, after pretty much spending every day doing getting into these positions i was able to then do you know like ass to grass type squatting i was able to get down and do duck walks you know like with my bottom on my heels like super easy and people would say oh how, how, how can you do this at, at your age you know 38 as if that's like a really old age um <laughs> but um particularly as a high school pe teacher you know they're like how can you do this and i can't do this at 16 17 years years old but um I believe that I was able to do that because of that year that I spent intensely getting into those positions. I never did any stretching um, mm -hmm. and I don't claim to be flexible at all. I don't think that I am flexible. If I was to stretch my hamstrings out, I wouldn't be flexible. However, getting into those positions like the squatting and lunging type positions, I was quite good at it. So mm -hmm. my question is how much of developing flexibility is about getting into um movements and positions and then holding those contractions in those positions well the 
I guess the, if you're going to do that, a lot of the things you're talking about, like that you had done would be kind of like your precursor before you think about doing that would be a good way of thinking instead of, I'm just going to start stretching. It's like, well, can you access those positions to even start stretching? Um, and how long does it take you? Can you get in, you know, like think about how you might lay out a flexibility session better to have better access to that space in a stretch. So instead of just, I'm going to go stretch, which is a way and a form of, you know, flexibility, you could just go spend time doing your long static stretching work. But there is another approach too, where we can build sort of like a strength workout or movement practice that gives us better access to this space to stretch. So in doing so, you can think about maybe the traditional approach to warm up main body cool down if you wanted to, but it's very focused on the end portion and basically creating um, a better way for us to get to that end state of stretching or cooling down. I don't like, don't want to call it cooling down, but if we're going to get into the space and learn how to um, stretch and apply that skill, um, then we want to build the session. So it leads up to that rather than just, you know, going to go, you know, try to stretch and not really feel like you're getting any result. So that's one of the approaches I like to use for it is kind of thinking about building your session around how that end result of the, the workout is going to look and feel. And that's where a lot of people are having success is they're realizing if I do the right movements and apply the right strategies before I stretch or before I get into these positions, they start seeing the bigger picture. It's like, Oh, it's kind of like putting the pieces together and then kind of voila. It's like, I can stretch better. I can understand this process better. So yeah, I would say if I was thinking about your approach where you, you know, did these movements and you kind of like got better access to more so the positions you were practicing, would you say, like, was it like, did you have a measurable improvement of flexibility or it was just, you got better at the things you were practicing? Yeah. Well, I think I just, I, it was just an accident. I was just getting down into those positions. We <laughs> were getting the kids to do this stuff. And so yeah. I just ended up getting into those positions, demonstrating. And as a result, I just noticed that I was able to, I had more mobility through my hips, knees and ankles, particularly my ankles. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that could be a thought process where it's like, you know, thinking about building those movements and leading to the way I'm talking about getting into stretching or static stretching or a better understanding of that case to case scenario, like someone might have success getting into those positions right away with something like that kind of approach. Um, and also we want to think about like how we're going to maintain those gains. Like if in the short term, we feel like we can access these positions and then the next day we don't feel like we have it, we don't own it. Right. Which is, again, it's kind of like how the industry has kind of coined um, flexibility as not working. Like you don't need to stretch. You don't need to because, look, you can do this and that, and then you're in a better position. But can you do that tomorrow without – can you ever do it without doing these things? That's kind of – that's where we're talking about real developing real flexibility is like 
if every single time I want to get into this range that I kind of magically created, I have to do this little thing that, you know, it's not really saying that you've actually improved your flexibility. You kind of just found a way to get into this space and you haven't spent time in that space to allow the body to adapt and lay down tissue and know how to own it. So that's kind of what we're talking about more. So when it's like actually having some kind of measurable improvement of your flexibility is not like a toe touch progress progression where magically you can touch your toes at the end, but you can't wake up or you can't do it the next day unless you do that kind of thing. It's more like owning your range and understanding how to actually touch your toes. If that makes sense. Mm. How important do you think it is for athletes, for example, a sprinter or an ice hockey player to be able to get into positions where they can be at their full end range and super flexible and strong in that position? It's very important for them to understand those end ranges because those are the positions and the vulnerable states that they may find themselves in where injury can occur. So when we, you know, talk about um, degrees of freedom in your movement, the more degrees of freedom you have, um, the, you could say the less susceptible you are to injury, but it's the more understanding of the degrees of freedom that you have, the less susceptible you will be to injury because you don't want to just necessarily develop all this range and not, not know what to do when you're there. So that process or that thought of end range training which gets termed in different ways. And it's really more about learning to be in the end range, articulate um, your agonist antagonist muscles, you know, what's being stretched, what's pulling you here and creating some kind of successful approach to exposing someone to these positions. That's what athletes or anyone in general, you know, that may find themselves in, in the position where they could get hurt. Um, that's what we need to better understand. That's why we need to learn full range training or understand the end range. That's where static stretching really comes in introductorily for people is like when we're in a static stretch, we're in our end range. We're learning to create contractions and lay down tissue. So technically a static stretch, if you really think about it, it's a form of strength training. You're stretching the tissue you're creating isometric contractions. It is an, it's a strength exercise. It's just more, uh, isometric or static. Um, but that's what we need to do better at is teaching athletes and individuals how to understand that end range. So do you prescribe static stretching in a warm up, cool down, uh, as a standalone session? How, how do you incorporate it into your programming? Well, it could be all of those things. Um, but for the most part, if you're trying to help someone who has a limited schedule and likes doing other things, we're going to think about doing it on its own session um, in the warm up. <laughs> I'm glad you said you jumped on the platform because you're, you're going to understand how I program and, and do things. But uh, you'll see static stretching in every piece. So there's protocols in a workout. It's kind of like our main body. There's a preparatory warm up that's you know specific, and then there 
I just call it the explore the space time when we're spending time actually getting deeper into a stretch, trying to understand stretching and understand how bigger positions feel and understand what these new uh, ranges of motion feel like that we developed. So again, I'm also trying to teach students that there's a lot of different forms of static stretching than just holding a stretch. Um, how you apply your contractions um, can be done in a lot of different ways, depending on where it's laid out in the workout. Um, so you'll see it show up in all forms. It's just to the degree of intensity or uh, duration, it just changes as the session goes on. What do you mean by apply the different contractions? So uh, when we're in a stretch, that's one of the main things that we're trying to do to learn how to get deeper into a stretch is create contractions on both sides of the joint that we're stretching. So the, the agonist muscles are the muscles that are shortening and pulling us deeper into a stretch. We are going to spend intervals contracting that side. Antagonist muscles are the ones that we are stretching. We're going to spend time contracting the muscles on that side and take periods of relaxation in between. Now, the methods of doing this, there's a lot of different ones. When you look it up, it's like PNF, uh, pails and rails, um, contract, relax. It's all the same. <laughs> like when you read it and you like start studying it, you realize like how much different is this from just like contracting one side, relaxing and contracting the opposite side. It's all very much the same. You'll just notice that they're just prescribing it with a different intensity or a different prescription really. So case by case basis or what is needed in that session, how much time you have, that's where you kind of make those decisions is like, what's going to be the best contract relax technique for this person. And what can, how can we get the most out of it? Um, so yeah, that's basically what we're talking about with contractions. For the most part, a lot of my students will come in and really kind of uh, focus a bit too much on how that should be applied and not just spend time being there and trying to understand it. So yes, five seconds or 10 seconds of a contraction is a little more optimal um, and then the periods of relaxations, but at the start, just learn to be there and apply them and actually understand them. Right. And that's for the most part, what a lot of us are missing when we're in a stretch is just be present in the stretch and understand where these contractions are being applied and maybe where you might need more of it. So instead of maybe thinking I have to do three on this side and three on that side, well, what if what if the quad say, for example, is being stretched and it just needs more contractions today because it just feels like it's not letting go. Um, or if we feel like we need to contract our glutes more on the other side, like it's, how are we going to get ourselves deeper into the stretch is, is kind of the process. I want my students to understand better rather than just focusing on numbers and figures. And I think that's where it's very hard. Like you can relate as someone that's coaching and, and doing this stuff is, for new coaches getting into flexibility work for usually we are very like numbers and figures driven how how long do we hold the stretch and like yes there are 
um, diminishing returns at certain points, or there's a good amount of time that we want to be spending in a stretch, but let's actually learn to be in a stretch first, <laughs> which often you'll find is like the hardest part. It's like asking, how do you squat and how many times and how many reps without squatting, right? It's like, no, you just, you got to squat first and then we can ask all that stuff yeah, and get to learn how to squat. And then you can ask those questions, but you just touched on and brought up that I have signed up. Uh, it cost me a lot of money to run this podcast because every time a guest had something, <laughs> I end up signing up and purchasing whether it's a book or a program. <laughs> I do the same thing when I have guests on mine too. So I know how you feel. <laughs> um, we, I have per, uh, purchased a program, your membership, and I've signed up. I'm really looking forward to diving in and learning a little bit more about it. But it looks like to me you have created a bit of a system Um which is ultimately what yoga is. It's, it's a system like Pilates. They're just systems. So tell me about your range of strength system. I have said before, it's like flexibility on steroids, but <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's, it's the fact that you're going to feel like you're training. Um, there's like a conditioning component to it. Uh, I tell students that we're learning to earn the stretch. Um, and it's through just a different modality of strength training. So, uh, if you check out my podcast, I talk about the basics and like what the basic kind of things we're training for are, um, but there's fundamental things that you want to think about obtaining before, uh, maybe chasing some kind of bigger range of motion. It's like, how do we actually fold? It's a very popular flexibility um, exercise, like a pike stretch or just a standing, like we're yoga, right? We're folding down. Okay. Well, what's actually required of us to do this? What if your pelvis is oriented in a posterior or anterior position, what's happening on the closing side of the joints? Um, these are kind of the questions we want to learn to answer for ourselves. So I think that like how it's presented the system is more so about strengthening these like fundamental positions that you would traditionally just kind of do. So you could think about a fold as like a session that we're strength training, and then we're exploring the space of a fold afterwards and trying to better understand our strengths in that position and what's being required of us to do so. So yeah, I would say that's probably a good way to, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh <laughs> What's the name of your podcast, as you just mentioned? Uh, Range of Strength Podcast. Cool. And we'll link all that up in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you talk about? Oh, I've got a bit of a stupid question. What do you talk about on the podcast? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of flexibility. Like we, you know, there's 30 something episodes now. And I would say 90% of them are focused on different things involved in flexibility and trying to dispel a lot of the myths that are centered around um, what we don't really know when it comes to flexibility or flexibility training. Um, and then, yeah, I have a couple other guests on there. Like yeah, we've just talked about some other random things and I've con gone on a few times and talked about squatting and strength training. And, uh, I've, uh, had James Fuller strongman archeology span on a few times. And we've talked about old time strength training, um, and just the process of those things. So it's a little, you know, a little all encompassing to that umbrella of movement and strength. 
flexibility being a, a big focus of it. Um, so, yeah. I'm really glad you brought that up, old time strength. Can you talk more about this? Because this is something that you post about on your Instagram account, which I really like, uh, looking and comparing what you're doing now to what they used to do back in the day. And I don't even know, I apologize, I don't know how far back it goes, but um, it's absolutely intriguing. Yeah, uh, well, it is because this was before we had, you know, set standards of what we need to do. And really, it comes down to competition. So you can kind of thank Olympics and weightlifting and stuff for like, really dumbing down strength training to like these fundamental lifts. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, whereas the old time strength approach is about the many different movement options that we have in terms of like moving a barbell or moving weight. So there are some fundamentals to it. There's techniques in different ways. Like the bent press is a very highly skilled. It requires a, a lot of flexibility to do proper bent press and now that i know all these things i've mentored with james for quite a while it's like every time i see a bent press i'm like that's not a bent press <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i mean it's it's a another another discipline that kind of got lost through the eyes of competition which that's kind of where everyone puts their focus even general population everyday people what do I need to do to get fit and move? Well, you need to do Olympic lifting or powerlifting or whatever, because that's just all that's being presented and it's popular and it's people are competing in it. Um, whereas you go in through the lens of like old time strength, it was just, well, what if you lift the bar behind your body? What, how do we do that properly? What if we lift the bar with between our legs? How do we do that properly? How, what if we're going to rotate the bar um, do some lateral lifting, like how, how can the body best be leveraged to do that? And through that process, um, we just create better movement. So it's, it's a cool approach for sure. Um, the other thing too, is like you earn your stripes in not having any assistance from a machine. So that's the thing is like, if you're, you're going to go and do it the way it was done, then we're not going to use a squat rack or any kind of means of assistance to load the bar. We're going to load it ourselves. So obviously that removes a lot of um, risk of overloading the weight <laughs> and, you know, potentially putting yourself at risk in other different ways. But uh, you know, it's, it's something to experience, right? Like if you're, if it's just that you're thinking long-term, which I always am like, how am I going to be strong and fit for the long haul? I think you got to put yourself in that state of mind where, you know, you just explore those different avenues and get a good understanding of like these other ways of training strength. And you just strengthen your toolbox. You have all these options for the rest of your life. What do you want to do with it? That's kind of, I think, a good approach to longevity. Yeah, there's some really cool uh, pictures and videos on your Instagram account, uh, particularly in your backyard where well, I think it's your backyard. It looks very uh, bushy yeah. and there's like a log there and you're doing all these old time strength movements. Yeah. Yeah. As in the summer, this past summer, I, you'll see it when you go on the membership, uh, James Fuller and I put together this old time strength course that's on the platform. So it just kind of dives into a lot of the core lifts and the thought process behind it and some ideas of like how you actually train that way and how you would think about 
creating a, a training regime. So I spent the whole summer in my backyard shooting content for that and just like going deeper and deeper with old time strength training. So that was super fun. Um, I was able to just kind of throw the weight in the backyard and, you know, figure things out. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned your Instagram account a couple of times now. Uh, what is the link to it? Uh, it's range of strength. So at range of strength. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your Instagram account because it looks really, really engaging. Um, I try to keep myself real and organic. That's very important to me. Um, I feel like every day someone reaches out to me and presents me with an opportunity. You have a big following, you should do this or that. And it's like, well, (laughs) I've just kind of (laughs) done it this way. And I, I want it to stay true to like, you know, my methodologies of training. And I want people to know that it's, re- it's me on there and I'm, re- I'm really training. I'm really reaching out to you and, um, engaging with you. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's Instagram is a cool thing. Like if you use it for community and for sharing like who you are and what's Im- important to you and like people actually see value in that and you can help a lot of people that way. So, um, that's all I try to really keep kind of going hard with that way is just kind of presenting my day to day. I think that's very important as an influencer is like showing people that I am getting up and doing a lot of the same things you are. (laughs) It's like, I'm driving to the gym, I'm going to get training in and I got other things going on. And um, yeah, that's uh, how I'd like to present myself on the the gram. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome i absolutely love that and yeah. so what about the range of strength platform uh tell me a little bit more about that and how that sort of developed so the membership that we have now is only six months old um and that's very this membership is very core to getting into the training so prior to that um range of strength was partnered with real movement and real movement no longer is uh, anything. It was about coaches and letting, you know, uh, giving coaches some uh, practical training courses. So it wasn't so much of like the theory side as much as it was like, we're going to take you through some actual training and get you like engaging. And it was, it was courses, coach courses and things like it was very focused on coaches. So since that uh, range of strength has now gone on its own, it is now its own entity for training more so, but it still has that engaged learning piece to it, which is very important to me. Um, As much as I do like to think about systems, I also like to present different ways of doing that system or having that thought process. So uh, there's a new protocol bi-weekly. We just kind of look at different ways of thinking about training different areas of the body and thinking about that protocol type method and how we would uh, use that. Um, and I do monthly workshops, which are recorded for playback and stuff. But the one we're doing next week, I haven't promoted on my socials yet. It's a pancake masterclass. So I'll be taking everyone through a deeper dive into like the pancake split. So it's a, it's a membership. I, I like to think of it just like an online gym you'd go and apply for and there'd be like different things going on and you'd have your program. And, you know, I, I try to really create that kind of 
similar atmosphere online. That's so cool. I absolutely love that. And where can people sign up? Um, rangerstrength.ca. <laughs> yeah, I'm so looking forward to diving in and getting into this and learning more. It, it absolutely, from what I've seen, it, it's, it's funny how it all works, like the whole funnel system. You know, you don't even realize you're in it until you're in it. <laughs> and I, I don't even remember how I came across you on Instagram. I must have been following someone and then from that I then maybe just the algorithm and then I started following you and um, absolutely loved what I saw and then saw the link to your program and was like I need to get this guy on my show and then I need to sign (laughs) up and do this program so is it all like because I'm, I'm so new to it and so I don't really know yet is it are you writing the programs individually which is going to be really time consuming or is it like a whole bunch of set programs in there yeah, there's set programs. Um, and then I, I do do custom programming outside of that. That's just uh, a different process. It's a little more intimate of an approach. Um, but yeah, this, the, the milestones system is presented and that's like the basics, the graduate the feats of range. And then there's a squats and splits programming. You get to see how that's done in a few different ways. Uh, straight splits training, the practical guide to splits. Um, those are kind of the core focuses. So it's kind of like fundamentals of flexibility and then uh, different feats like uh, splits and bridges and then squats and strength training. You'll see some of the old time stuff on there too. So it's <laughs> it looks so cool. So let's go right back for a moment to that moment, that pivotal moment. Because what I've noticed in interviewing people now is that there's often several pivotal moments in their life. And there's, there's one that often stands out. And mm. for you, that was the bicep. What was actually in that moment, what was actually happening and going on? And did you see that there was the potential for something new to develop out of that at the time? No, I didn't, man. That was uh, the recovery from the surgery was, geez, I was, I was out for a couple months like not able to go do like work. Like, um, so it, it was, uh, I got really depressed, man. It was a really tough time. I think my wife for that period of my life for being really strong when I wasn't because I, I was ready to not continue in this field of work. And I was very, like, I kind of had lost myself was like, I'm done. This is, uh, you know, not for me. And, um, body composition got worse there's like i think i have like a transformation photo on my instagram i shared a while ago too which is like i'll look at sometimes when i'm feeling you know you don't know it's not always a perfect day i'll take a look at that sometimes and just think like yep um so yeah it was rough man it was probably actually like a year maybe maybe nine months before i started coming back around and realize like pulling myself out of the the gutter and saying like, all right, man, like let's turn this around. And, you know, even at that moment, it wasn't even about flexibility. It was about trying to get myself moving better. So changing my body composition, moving, going out and, you know, getting my cardiovascular conditioning work in and trying to like start doing that stuff, just moving, building some habits. And, and that was where it was like, I need to, if I want to continue building these habits, I need to improve my range. I, I, I don't have good flexibility. So yeah, it was, it was a rough year, but 
came out on the back end, uh, I think a better, with a better view on life and what I wanted to do with it. And yeah, it was good. It's funny you brought that up because I was scrolling through your Instagram account yesterday and I actually saw that and I'm pretty sure, is this the one you're referring to? I'm going to show this up there for anyone who is watching the video version of this. (laughs) So the location is Dark Times that you put on there. (laughs) What is the location? Dark Times? Dark Times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was Dark Times in the before photo there. I think I was like 240, so probably 110 kilos maybe. And in uh, the other one, I'm like 85. I dropped down quite a bit there. All right. Well, what it says, <clears throat> what it says, three things no one will tell you in dark times. Get up. It gets harder and take ownership. Yeah. Yep. And that was what I came around to telling myself, like, <laughs> no one else is going to do it for you, man. You got to do it yourself. So, so how, how far, how long ago was that first photo? 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's next what's next in life for Lucas? Where where are we going to from here from 2021? I don't know. I just um I'm in a good space now with uh the membership being set up and, and helping a lot of people kind of go through a similar journey that I went through. Um so I mean if I can just keep that going and give people a good experience, then I think that's a life well lived on top of taking care of my family and being able to train hard. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So at the end of every episode, we always have a 10 and 10. So it's 10 quick questions in 10 seconds. You can go over the 10 seconds. It's not a definite um, okay. <laughs> time frame there. So, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. So as you've been talking, I've been taking notes. And so I'm just going to read through one at a time. And then you give me the first thing that comes to mind whenever I say that thing. Okay. Are you ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Number one, strength training. Squats. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, flexibility. Splits. (laughs) (laughs) Three, stretching. Uh, I'll say quads. (laughs) Four, maintaining gains. Um, I'll say weighted stretching. Five end ranges. Understanding. No one Six. Understands. No one understands end ranges. <laughs> why, why do you th- Why do you think that? Exact. Um, elaborate on that. I think it's just a. It's still something like. It's one of those things when you see in the industry where you kind of just take one thing because you're seeing it a lot and you're running with it rather than spending the time to. Uh, really go down the rabbit hole and understand where this is coming from. It's kind of reminds me of uh, West Side Barbell, their training methods and how they often get abused in different ways just because West Side Barbell, they get people really strong in their gym. So you can see like the dynamic effort method kind of gets abused. Um, people don't really understand what it is, but it's used in West side and people get strong doing it. So it's going to make me strong. Well, is it, or does it make them strong? Cause they're doing the whole system. Mm-hmm. Right. So it'd be the same as like doing a Jefferson curl because you want to get better flexibility, but you're not stretching. It's like, okay. So you're just doing the Jefferson curl and you're not understanding the process of 
how to actually stretch or what's happening when you fold the body and how you should approach that. I think end range training or, you know, it's kind of being viewed like that. People just assume we're just going to train through the fullest range of motion. And it's not necessarily how you want to approach that way of training or thinking about that. So does that make sense? <laughs> I really like that. Keep that systems thing in mind because I love systems and it's coming up. <laughs> Number six, exploring the space. Stretching. Number seven, contracting and relaxing. Strength training. Number eight, old time strength. Real strength training. <laughs> <laughs> and number nine, you'd said it earlier, it's just plain systems. I'm glad that you brought it up again. Plain systems? Yeah, systems. Uh, just like, okay, what comes to mind when I think about that? Yeah. Uh, success. Awesome. Number 10, this is a, a question which I ask everyone. It's a bit of insight into my brain. If you could go forward in time or back in time, which would you go to and why? And, and this is a time machine, so you can come back to now. I love Back to the Future. That's my favorite movie. <laughs> so I would go back in time. I thought the first movie was it was cooler for him to go back in time. Like I'm I like old time things. So um in terms of my life though <laughs> i'm thinking of just like going back in the 30s and looking at old time strength training and stuff but um yeah in my life uh i don't know i think i'm i'm in a pretty happy state right now where i've said this to my wife a few times i don't really want to go forwards or back like things are just really good right now and the kids are at just an age where I don't know. They're not assholes yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, no, I'm in a good place unless it was in a DeLorean going 70 years and back in time. <laughs> but that's so interesting. And the reason why is I have come across, I've classified different people into what they choose here. And I was really intrigued by you because ultimately uh, with what you're doing with flexibility and strength training, it's so closely linked to yoga. And yogis typically say the present. You even used it earlier, used the word being in the present and uh, as you were stretching. So I thought, is he going to go down the yogi stream and go, oh, I'm present, I want to be right here right now. <laughs> the high performance people typically go, nah, I'm not looking back. I'm all about looking forward. I'm only going to yeah. go forward. I want to see the science of what's going to happen in the future. And typically the people that go back, go back because of something in history. Maybe they've lost someone that they want to go back and see again, or they want to see the way things were done, such as like old time strength. So yeah. I think you've answered, you've almost essentially said all three in that one answer. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> what it would be like in the future and my kids treating me like an asshole. So <laughs> I don't really want to go there, but no, yeah. I mean, it's all good. Like, I think uh, we do need to be more in tune with what's happening here and now and not always thinking about like so far ahead. And that's why I think people can't get into flexibility training. <laughs> they just can't think of the here and now. They want to think about the splits or, you know, the results is the big one. When it comes to flexibility and why people hate on it, most people hate on it because they can't get results themselves. Like it's never worked for me. It doesn't work. It's like, how have you done it? How have you approached it? There is more than one way. There's a couple really great ways. 
how do you respond to flexibility? Have you actually really spent time understanding that it's the same process as strength training? You need time to rest and recover and allow the tissue to change. It's not going to be stretching every day to your max. It's like same kind of thing. I really think what you're doing is essentially the beginnings of like there's it really feels at the moment like there's this whole movement around this physical competence and developing um, athletes and, and people alike to be able to have full end range strength and I think that you are one of the world leaders on that and I, I, I just really think that what you're putting out there is going to it's really I don't know correct me if you don't agree but it really feels like it's in its infancy at the moment in terms yeah. of athletic competence. Yeah, it is. And it's growing though. Like just in the last year, um, there's been a big spike in flexibility or mo still mobility as being the coined term of training your, your ranges. Um, but strength training is flexibility training to me now. It's all, it's all flexibility. Like once you think about it, like an astrograph squat, that's a form of flexibility training. Like I think we might, might get to that point at some stage where people really like realize that your, your strength practice in itself should be about developing better flexibility. And I guess, you know, the movement culture thing is still there. And that's kind of like, we want to develop, develop better movement to move and it's like but you need flexibility to do that so the end result is always going to be that we need flexibility to do all of these things that keep being told we, we want to do this we want to move this way you need flexibility so yeah i think we're getting there and thinking about how we're going to get flexible is just the answer that i think we need to solve a bit better um so yeah Thanks, man. So what's the big what's the big takeaway? What would you like everyone to go away remembering? You got to remember that to be flexible, you need to spend time developing strength. Like you have to think about flexibility training the same way you think about any other strength practice. Um, and I think when you can really buy into that and understand that, that's when you will actually appreciate training flexibility and how that looks and feels. Um, I think that's, that was the biggest take home, or I guess the moment for me when everything switched was really realizing it's just another form of strength training that builds flexibility rather than a peak one RM squat that kind of ruins your flexibility if you don't <laughs> have the right training systems in place. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for sure. Lucas, I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you do in developing strength and flexibility in people all across the globe. And thank you for your time on the Mind Your Body Show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us on the Mind Your Body Show. I am truly grateful for your presence with us. To find out more, head on over to the mindyourbodyshow.com for all the show notes and my biggest takeaways from this episode, as well as everything else you need to know to mind your body. I'll catch you in the next episode.